All right, so we're here, and we're with Joe Webb, Jennifer Briggs, Mike Davenport, and Matt Keenig. You can get rid of the last name. It's just Matt. It's now. Matt. And it's Matt in, one, by the way, he spells his name M with an at symbol. With that Amber saying. Like the artist formerly known as Prince, but oh, with better God. hair. Hey, guys, we're going to jump right into this. This just is called our mashup panel, and we have 30 minutes slotted here, and so we're going we're gonna to air this, obviously, uh, I think next week um, on the show on a Thursday. But uh, we're here live at the Ford Digital Dealer. And, Joe, I kind of want to just throw it out. Obviously, um, I, love, I love your writing because, you know, me personally, Joe, is, is, is a, he's, a, he's the salmon that swims upstream in, in many cases. Would you ever feel like a salmon? Uh, not exactly. No, I'm like a big piece of beef. Big piece. But I mean, I don't I mean like a, I don't mean like size. I mean size wise. I'm talking about content. I would say. But like That's a good. but how a salmon swims well, upstream. It's already marbleized. Well, you you wrote about and you you're you're an advocate of and you you uh, you launched this concept um, that you're pushing and you just re re reintroduced some uh, further feelings on it on vendor visit protocol and of course we're in a we're in a room full of vendors which doesn't mean anything necessarily to you but um and you know matt i want to kind of get your take on this a little bit i know that we talked slightly and you're you're a proponent in some ways but you know you're also a beast of a salesperson so a vendor visit protocol which joe correct me if i'm wrong just to kind of yeah, say if you want i can give you a quick yeah, give, give me it's a, just the fact that uh people such as e-commerce directors some sales managers depending what your role is at the store marketing director are constantly uh, overwhelmed by new vendors visiting, completely unannounced, knocking in, cold calling, stopping in if they are previous partners with uh, maybe no rhyme or reason, no specific purpose other than to shake and grease some palms. And Mm -hmm. I just said to stop internet directors, to gain back your day, to uh, put a hold on some time management and make your priorities your priorities, it is better to schedule potentially one day a week I mean, or one day a month, one day every two months, however many vendors you have, to segment them that this is your time, I will schedule you out just like it's an appointment, just like it's a customer, and you come in during your allotted time, we can talk about your products, we can review your products, and most importantly, all of our decision makers will be in the room, all of the people who can sign on the line will make a decision on the spot, so you don't have to keep calling day after day, week after week, ongoing, to... Uh, win back your day, make your priority, and not get pulled, as we know internet directors, e-commerce directors do, get pulled into a million directions. So to sort of slow down, if you get a cold call, do a quick five-minute, hear what they have to say. If it interests you, put them on the docket for a later time and let them come in and present officially like we're an actual professional industry. Is that feasible, Matt? You know what? Some of the things, some of them are. Here's, here's what's great about what Joe said, right? Listen, if, uh, if I knew I could reach out to Jennifer Briggs and get Robert Powell and Eric Gale and Jennifer and Bobby and everybody in a room, and I knew once a month I could do that and they would be ready to hook up, that would be great. But here's the problem. Let's say that's on the third of every month. And let's say I'm a new guy in the area. I've called on the phone. Nobody called me back because it happens. So I go, you know what? I'm just going to pop in and see if I can say, hey. I'm Matt, let's set an appointment for whenever. And they go, oh, you know what? Our meeting was yesterday. We don't meet again for a month. There's two problems with that. And I'll just say the first one is this. I really don't like the answer no, right? I, like no is a shitty word. Yes feels so much better. Like everybody say yes. Say yes. Yes. That fucking feels great. So I like to say yes. So here's the deal. Problem is when somebody says no, I get a little frustrated. But then I forget that it's not about me. Yeah, and I go, not, it's about the it's dealer. Yeah. So then I go, holy shit, I've got the best program in the world that's going to make you guys so much more money. And with 13... 13 stores, 200 and some clients. I 19. Easily a bazillion. Thank you. I might be able to add a, 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 another 100 grand to your bottom line 
but I gotta wait 29 days to help you, number one. Number two, realistically, when you look at this, I think part of the problem is what you mentioned. So many new vendors, there's turnover, there's turnover in dealer staff, vendor staff, and the problem is, I, and I've been on the dealer side, look, you can call me, I've got about 47 voicemails, 800 emails, I don't give a shit about new vendor, I'm not calling you back. So sometimes the only way is the knock on the door. Now, not to be a dick, when you knock on the door, I think you go in and you say, listen, I value your time. I called. I didn't hear back. Mm -hmm. I was just stopping in to say hello and see if we can set an appointment Great. for a future date. Great. 29 days. Sweet. 29 days from now, you're only going to miss out on about 80 grand. But I'll tell you what, give me five minutes here and I'll get you excited. If I don't, you won't want me back in 29 days anyway, bro. And I'm glad, first of all, that you kept it at G rating, but thank right. you for that. But so moving along, I mean, Joe, so comment on that. No, it's very simple. It doesn't matter what you want. It matters what's best for the dealership. And you could assume, hey, my one product that you've never heard of and I'm brand new to the industry is going to give you $80,000, but that is a fucking pipe dream nowadays. And with for some more vendors. vendors, there's more vendors in this industry than ever before look at any single digital conference and see that. And if you just make an open, revolving door to every single new schmuck that enters our industry you can't. to come in and pitch you, you can't. it can't be. So just have a more process. That, it doesn't have month. to be once a day. It doesn't right. have to be once a week, um, once a month. Just have a process. Designate somebody to do a quick five-minute review. If it interests you, if it's valuable, great. If you've got a good, if you've got a really good relationship and rapport with your website or your CRM provider, do you need to listen to every single uh, webinar for an hour from another CRM provider? No. Just say, you know what? At this time, we're not looking. Thank you very much. Twenty-nine days. No, our contract is up in nine months. How about seven months from now? I'll put you on the docket. And guess what? If you were too late to walk in and you just have the next best thing since sliced bread, you are going to have to wait for 29 days because that is the process. Yeah, but it would be so, that would work well, well if dealers actually called back. Here, their well, vendors. here's the thing of it. Some are great and some are some just. But here's don't. the thing. It, it, what Joe is saying is right. I don't yes. think that 29 days is an appropriate amount of time. What I always did because I was very busy, always so buried. Here's what I would do. Send me the information via email when I'm working 15, 17 hours a day at home, four o'clock in the morning before I come into the store, I'll review it. If it looks valuable to me, I will call you. If not, it's not good. So I love the idea of prioritizing. We don't. Their time management does not happen in a dealership. Did my mic just die? No, no. You're okay, good. good. So it just doesn't happen. And there has to be a better, more efficient way. What are you looking for? But the dealers need to know what's on the radar. What do I need help with? What do I need to review? Don't just let everybody walk in. Take control. As the dealer, you reserve the right to who you give your time to. Let me ask, let's, let's take let me this, ask this let's take the same approach to our customers who walk in the dealership unannounced that we need an appointment. I'm with two customers already. Oh, sorry, can't come back. You have to come back in 29 days when I'm available. And, okay, you're, and you're but it's completely different. <laughs> well, no, hold on. Not, no, not really, the customer makes money for Mike, and a, and a good vendor relationship is going to make you money too. Sometimes well, you this, miss Matt. out on stuff. Let me throw this out there. I mean, and I, this may backfire like crazy. But are the dealers that are out there, guys that are obviously, I know you're at the dealership. Anybody at the dealership level that's sitting out there watching, just raise your hand if you're at a dealership. Make a decision on advertising? Okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. You're in Alabama. I just met you, right? Toyota store in Alabama. Yeah. This, and I'm not going to lead this. Yours. I'm going to try very hard not to lead this. So my experience with dealers is they kind of like being sold. They, they kind of like being well, we sold. Well, we are in sales. They kind of like being sold. Let me tell you something. Some of the times when we get to the end of the call, they're congratulate 
my sales reps and then go, hey, you want a job? I wish I had five people just like you working here. So let me ask you a question, and I'm going to throw this out there. Are we, if we did this, and I understand that everyone's not going to buy into this concept, but if we did this, are we making it easier, Matt? Are we really then just letting the 10% or the 1% or the 3% kill it all and everybody else starve to death? Because no vendor visit protocol is going to stop a strong salesperson possibly. Is that true or not? Maybe. So I will, I will say this, and I think you and I were talking about this before. When I was uh, working for an auto group in West Michigan as a used car manager, Tuesday was ad day. So if a, if a rep came in on a different day, I'd say, listen, I'll give you all the time you need only on Tuesday. Just come back Tuesday. I got you. I'll listen to whatever you're slinging. If I like it, I'll hook yeah. up. If I don't, don't come back ever, whatever. But I, I would always give them the time. Here's the challenge, I think, though. Because a lot, like you just said, time management is hard. What happens is a lot of dealers, everybody's begging them for their money every day. So sadly, we've got the receptionist trained to blow people out, mm-hmm. right? And the receptionist thinks they're doing you a favor, and they just walked the thing you've been waiting a year for. I think sometimes, well, sometimes I just walk right past her and walk into the GM's office and knock and go, you don't know me because I've called for four weeks and your receptionist didn't put the call through. So in 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why you want to know me. If you don't like it, you can kick me out too. And, and it works sometimes, and sometimes they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? And cool. <laughs> then I have Chris call on them, and it's a different person. <laughs> and that's one thing I was going to say, and you brought it up, is like, listen, we're in an industry full of either closers or losers. And a dealer who's, who has a vendor with a good pitch and a good product that they don't know about, they at least can give them an opportunity of saying, hey, here's what, here's what I've got. 30 seconds. Just give me 30 seconds. Yeah, no, and, and, and I, I never debated why you don't even get to walk in. I'm saying... I'm saying oh, review for review for five minutes. Listen to what they have to say. If it's yeah. interest to you, nobody signs online right there. You bring them back, but you have it scheduled where the decision makers are in. Otherwise, yeah. you will you'll come back in and you'll wait to hear and wait to hear and wait to hear. And who do I need to speak to? When am right. I going to get a yes? Yeah, that, well, you're saving great. them time as well. I mean, oh, you know, I support what you're saying. I know. I know. I don't lose these arguments. <laughs> and I do. I think that it's going to be different for every store, what's appropriate. But it does. You need to have a process. It's your time. It's valuable. Think about all the time you're wasting. How many cars could you have sold? And for the vendors that don't think it's exactly. a good idea, how more efficient could you so, be I mean, as well? Jennifer, you were just, uh, you were just, you just left the dealer side from an e-commerce director position. How many demos from a vendor were you asked to do every single day? So um, at my most recent group, I still work for a group right now but uh, my last group I had eight stores and no less than three phone calls a day would ask for a demo yes per store by the way eight times uh, could you uh, do three hours a day dedicated to listening to new vendors and products of course not that's why I had my screening process I had a process in place my receptionist did not blow them off they would collect their uh, information. They were authorized to give out my email address. Said you better send to her everything it is. You better tell her why it's valuable because if she doesn't like it in the email, you're not going to talk to her. So I would collect it all via email, review it in the morning or in the a- evening after I left the store. And then I would call back and schedule. Or if I had questions that I needed further information, we'd communicate via email and then they could come in. Yeah, now, I, well, yeah, that's how it's Matt and I It's the exact same thing our BDCs do. Absolutely, it's it exact is. Exact same thing our BDCs do. I think. I think the problem is, is there's a lack of respect on the vendor side. A lot of times, that there is what he's saying is, I mean, you like people to be be people of their word and keep their word. Unfortunately, that's a lot of times that's not the case. And whether they have good intentions and I, you know, on the vendor side of it, we understand dealers get busy. They're they're running a dealership, especially. The, and another thing too, we, we want to deal with decision makers. You know, we have the question. You know, hey, 
if you love this, you fall in love with it, can you pull the trigger? Can you write the check? Can you sign it? You know, okay, you have we, the power to pin. Can we talk about that for well, a second? Yeah, well, let me ask while, you, while before you answer that, I want to throw that, that yeah. out. So, okay, let's see. Right, here, so, let me tell you what I would. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what I would do. Let me tell you what I. This is how we sell. This so you know, and again, I may be and we may be an anomaly. I don't know, but how we sell dealerships. I'm getting the decision maker on the phone. Ninety nine percent of the time, he's going to try to blow me off. I mean, he's going to be like, "Hey, send me an email. Hey, let me. I can't do it right now. Hey, I'm busy. He's probably playing solitaire on his computer, possibly." Because I don't know many GMs or that are out there desk, you know, they're out, they're not out there necessarily taking people on test drives, right? But they're busy leading their store. Here's what I tell my guys: they're busy not wanting to take your call. Not want to talk. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you called me and I didn't invite you, guess what? I don't want to talk to you, right? So and I'm prepared. For it's the guy who gets through. That's why I think the vendor protocol thing doesn't work. Because so I'm going to go. Hey, Jennifer. I mean, Jennifer, I mean, Jennifer no offense, I mean, no offense, but I mean, we. I mean, uh, at least I've been on the dealer side and the vendor side, mm-hmm. and you guys, you're only from the vendor side. You've, you've been with the company that's had essentially a call center. So, I mean, you, you know one way of selling. We've been called a boiler been, room. It's been very successful for you, but it's been that one way. Right. So to say that a general manager, I mean, I know a lot of general managers, and I'm not saying they all do a great job, but I'm saying they have a lot on their plate sure. if they're doing a good job. Sure they right. do. Uh, yeah, so, I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah, so to, but to they're not. But they're, take that away from them. But they're going to be busy tomorrow. They're going to be busy They're always going to be in busy. In other words, it's why, out. And all I was trying to say is put a process in place where you can hear those. You don't have to dedicate every single day to listening to people. You dedicate one. Oh, how about the, this? Throw this out. Jennifer Briggs. Okay, hey, Joe Bob says, hey, are, you know what? Talk to Jennifer Briggs, my e-commerce director. Great. Hey, Joe, let me ask you a question. Absolutely, I'm going to give Jennifer a call. Listen, Jennifer's going to love this. If she does, can she sign it and write a check Can send it to me? Is she able to do that? Oh, no, she got to bring it to me. Hey, Joe, all due respect. I know why you want me to talk to Jennifer because if you sat around and listened to every person that called you, you'd be doing that for 40 hours a week and that would be your job. Or Joe doesn't know and Jennifer does. I understand. But hey, Joe, I'm asking you to make the exception, break your rule, and let me be the person you listen to. Boom! Well, here's the thing, though. That is one thing majorly (laughs) because I am an authorized signer and have been because I know the products. And as while we're giving advice and talking about how to do it. Yeah, you signed all the paperwork. I signed it it all. Um, If you would have went to the GM or the dealer principal, they would look at you with deer in a headlight look. So as a vendor, if you're trying to get these appointments, make sure you're not inadvertently offending the person who has the keys to the door to let you into the dealership. As a female in the automotive industry, I can't tell you how many times some idiot vendor walked in and said oh well is a gm around or somebody who can actually sign for this that's a good really? segue. Is so, your husband here? So that's oh, a good, yes. yeah, that's a good segue. So speaking to that, well, though, you immediately took but, it. To but this. here's I the didn't. crazy part about what you just said, Jen, and, and a lot of people don't realize it. Is this though? If I speak to someone, male or female, the same way, and I, anybody that knows me knows, like I, I he listen, has no filter. I'm a dick to everyone. None. But here's the thing: if I'm speaking to <laughs> someone, if, if I would say it to girl. Dave Villa, if I would say Dave, look. Do you have the authority to hook up on this or or, or what? Right. And I would say it to you. The difference is Dave won't go because I'm a guy with a Latino last name. You're being offensive. But when he said that to you, you went, it's because I'm a woman. No, it depends and, on how you say it. And I know when you and I douche. talk because I know you and you have the authority to sign all of it. And here's to back up something you said Research earlier. Research me. Research me before you just call Just Google Jennifer Briggs. I'm just here's, saying. No, but so here's what I know. Time. That is great. Don't just, here's what don't I know about what Jen just no said that has a lot of truth. Fair and enough. that's this. A lot of owners and GMs have busted their from salespeople up and they own a store. But technology is not maybe their best friend. Absolutely. So that's where somebody, sometimes the person that they're pointing you to is the only one that gets what you're pitching. Mm-hmm. And they might not be able to pull the trigger, but they know how, <clears throat> if, if Chris, if Mike Davenport is the GM and he's not tech savvy, 
We know you are, so that's why you won't have your feelings hurt. If this guy doesn't understand anything, Jen can go in and dumb it down for him so that he gets it. We call now, it translation. Gonna do. Here's how we much you're going to make. Let's hook up. But here's the thing, too, is you can empower your people regardless. Even if you can't sign, Thanks. hey, you empower your managers, empower your BDC directors, internet managers, so on and so forth. They've come in and have an open door to the owner's office Bingo. and say, hey, Mr. Owner. I have this great vendor that just walked right. in and we need to do this. So and many this times that person in that role will help you to sell your product. Because they're and paid on a commission. Them, and what do they get when a vendor brings in money is they get more money. You know, as a lot of e-commerce directors and internet sales managers in the room, they're probably more scared of their owners sitting down with a vendor, getting Uh-oh. getting pitched on something and sold on something, when they're like, well, hell, he doesn't even involve himself in the CRM. Right. This affects everything I do with my life, and now I've got to go with this? It's right. server-based. Like, there, there, <laughs> there, are, there are those situations where an owner shouldn't be making those, those decisions, is, and it negatively affects and influences the lives of the personnel in That's the good staff. good point. So what exactly hey, do you do here? I have people skills. Hey, let's shift gears for one <laughs> yeah. second, but still, Joe, I fixed the Joe, glitch. you wrote a blog. Okay, Joe is, Joe is, I highly recommend reading Joe's uh, blogs because they're good and he challenges our thinking. Joe, you wrote a blog, Can You Kill? And, and I'm, I want to hear Mike uh, Davin, you know where I'm going on this. You oh, already yeah, know, right? Can You Kill a Sacred Cow? And he quote, 30 car a month sales guy. Mike, you're a sacred cow in some way. Joe, explain that. And, Mike, I'm going to have you comment on it. I mean, the actual, if you read it, the actual concept isn't to kill sacred cows, but it's, uh, it's a lot of ways that we have to find ways to better manage and motivate and hold accountable everybody in the store. Nobody should be above the law when you're creating policies for a dealership. So, for instance... Uh, I had a store buy 16 iPads for uh, every single salesperson at the store. And on it, they put their mobile CRM. They put, uh, like, Auto Trader Trade and Marketplace. They put, like, uh, Car Story to O-E-N-S. compare things. They put uh-huh. Advanistar to compare off-brand products. They put uh, Insignia to sell accessories. They put, uh, they put countless apps and tools that will influence and help, cus- or help sales professionals better educate the customers when they're in stock. A mobile credit app. They put everything on there. Then they filmed tutorials. The ownership, general management filmed tutorials, made the salespeople watch it so they understood how to use the functionality on it, gave them all iPads, made them sign off at it, had them present back. Everybody knew how to do it. 30 car a month guy said, well, I shouldn't need to do that because I'm already selling 30 car a month guy. Then 25 car a month guy says, well, hell, if he doesn't have to do it, why should I? And it filters down. They're, they had real successes after three months. Six months later, nobody uses it. Right. Why? Buy because instead. the newbies that did want to use it, and here's what I'll say about mobile technology. It can make you much stronger and much better, and this is what, what takes you from a salesperson to a sales professional. But with that said, it takes more time. To use mobile technology in a showroom does actually add to your time if you do it right, if you use the right pieces. So they're too worried about hitting their 10- to 12-month-car quota, so they start putting it down. And management, who's used to not seeing some guys with it, let it fly. So all I'm saying is you don't need to kill a sacred cow. You almost can't. Nowadays, you need good sales professionals. But with that said, you need to find a way to better manage, motivate, and require them to follow dealership policy because nobody should be above the law. Unless they're the type where they only feed off their previous clients. If they only feed off your existing clients, great. If you're taking ups on the showroom floor, everybody, every customer should have the same great experience regardless. What do you think about that, Mike? 
I'm, I kind of agree with him. I don't think anybody should be above the law, even though I, I said to him I want to be above the law. But at the same time, we all have to be accountable, and we all we all have one job to do for that dealership, and that's to build gross profit for the company, take care of the customer, and to make – uh, an experience for that customer to come mm-hmm. back and send more people to again because we're a for-profit organization. We want to make money. That's what businesses yeah. do in this world. So yeah. I, I no, had one I, of those salespeople. Yeah, go right ahead. To Mike, uh, like I think there's two types of sacred cows. One are the oh, sacred sure. cows that have just got a really good book of business. They've been around forever. They've got people coming in. They're going to sell the 25, 30 cars, no matter what, because it's just in their nature. They know no other way. Then there's people who've become sacred cows because they've done all the right steps and they've learned the right way and they incorporate it all. So Mike is sort of that younger generation of sacred cows who hits the sales because they do everything right and doesn't hit the sales just be out of longevity. So, but, and this is where I challenge it because, and Mike does a great job and 30 cars a month is a fantastic living for a sales professional and it's great for the dealership. But why stop there? If you're that good and I can give you tools and resources to make you better, why wouldn't you want to sell 35 or 40? I had those guys in my group. And you know what? Good job on your 30. Great. You hit 32 this month. Next month, I want 37. Let's sit down and look at your system and see what we can do to get to the next level. Well, there's one word that everybody keeps using that's like manage. And we've talked about this before. I I personally hate when we talk about managing a person, right? Mike's an adult. He's a grown-up. I don't need to manage him and put him in a box. Here's what I would say. I think you're right. Our job as leaders, and I said this before, I'll say it again. Your job as a leader in a dealership or in any organization is to serve your people and help them get a better life, period, which sometimes means tools, sometimes means whatever. But there's also this thing called Dealers get, like to allude to your point earlier, an owner signs up or whoever signs up, they pile on all these tools and then they take a 30 car guy who's shooting for 500 cars this year and they think, well, this will make you better. And he, he doesn't get it. And all of a sudden he goes from a 30 car month to a 20 car month to an 18 car month. And then his head's totally fucked. And now you've taken your best salesperson who you could have just left alone and let him kill it and said, I'm here to serve you. I have this tool. Let's do one little thing at a time. How can I serve you better? The problem is we're trying to manage them. With Chris, if he sells X amount, I don't give a shit if he shows up. I'll mail checks to him in the Bahamas if he's closing deals. Because our people are happy. Our dealers are happy. But I'm not going to manage him. I'm going to coach him, love him, lead him, and be there to serve him, not manage him. But what does that say for what Jennifer said, though, about growth and taking you to the next level? I mean, how? so if he doesn't show up, I I mean, are you comfortable with him? What I'm saying is I don't need him sitting in my office making calls out. Mm -hmm. He can call in his underwear at home if he can serve the customer, whatever. I'll hire somebody else to go buy donuts and drop them off at the sales meeting. Uh, All I'm saying is don't don't manage them into a box. You serve them. You don't manage them. No, no, no. And I'm not saying... don't micromanage them. You give them, right. but obviously a dealer would be very poor at, they've done a poor job educating them on the opportunities right. involved. And if, if, we're, if we're burdening, burdening them with tools that don't work for the store, then shame on us. That's why you do have to vet it. Taking it back to the first topic. Take the time to actually look. Is it Does it fit your culture? Will it work? Will everybody adopt? And here's the thing. When you make decisions like big decisions on a CRM, please don't do it in a vacuum. Take your top three salespeople and get them in the demo. That is a Kansas accent. Thank you very much. Vacuum was Kansas. Vacuum. So it's not not like West Side, but Wichita. And the respect to kind of what he was saying, I kind of piggybacked on that. Mike, you tweeted that in five hours, the average consumer gets seven hours of content. So his answer, more content, I guess, in this case, because I kind of of agree with Matt on this, is that you could muddy the waters with the guy who has 
processes in place and with the illusion of, oh, I'm setting him up for success, it may be very likely, like you said, taking him out of his game. And you know, uh, Yeah, and that tweet has to go with because we have a device, we have this, we have a TV on, and we're, we're looking at all three while we're sitting on the couch on a Sunday afternoon doing nothing. I mean, for gosh sakes, I got five TVs on my wall in my basement so I can watch five different games, and then I have an iPad. He's got ADD. So I can watch. So I can watch those while I'm sweeping with my hoverboard. So the. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, you can put way too much on a on a salesperson. You know, we got a we got a tool um, that you know the vendors here that it's a really great tool. But for me to use it, I have never logged into it. I thought right. I was going to log into it. I was like, oh, maybe this can give me an extra two, three sales per month. Um, I'm not using that tool. The dealership is paying good money for that tool. Um, and uh, is is anybody in your store making money with the tool? No, because if they're not, then no. it was a bad purchase. It, it, right. It's a bad purchase. But but that's that's from that's from what you were saying that people still need to be managed. Well, you know, well, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary Vaynerchuk has a has a um, blog. What's the ROI of your mother? Yes. And basically, yeah. ROI yeah. isn't about the tool, and he's not talking about Matt, no. but he, about that kind of tool. But it's whether it's about investing Matt the time and effort to use it correctly. That's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, it really is. And listen, I'm all for we're freaking. Company, mobile, technology, like everything. I'm all for advancing it and making the lives easier. But I said this to someone earlier. I don't know if you were standing there. The CRM has been the best and worst invention that ever came into the automotive industry. Best invention, Ooh. meaning we can speed stuff up because people were throwing letters in the garbage when uh, whoever actually, was actually, the crap. It'd be, I'm going to slice it down. I'm going to, I'm going to call. Well, you let out. me finish you it because you like this. You never said best. Okay, no, I said you, you the CRM said, is okay. It's the worst. It, it damaged this industry, and here's why. Okay. Because what is happened is salespeople not all I don't it's not Joe all fired up. but here's what happens <laughs> most salespeople what back when you actually used to have to give a shit and write letters and make phone calls now it's okay I put them in my CRM now I can sit back and cry about nobody walking in the door and let the CRM send a bunch of letters that I also don't give a crap about and don't sign that's it a is bad culture. that's not it's, a it's not the CM's CRM's fault but that coming in the technology that's supposed to get us more connected many of us use to detach ourselves from actually being people. That's no, why nobody no. goes, I'm going to buy a car in six months. I'm going to call my car guy, Dave. Okay, here is the thing of it. And I've spoke on this many times before. If you have something like that, it's a product. You have to sell it to your team and you need to sell the value. A CRM is a But you a can only do that once investment. a month. No, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> the, the last yeah. time I switched CRMs. Thursday. Third Thursday. So Second Tuesday of next right. week. The last time I switched CRMs, I took eight months to make the decision. I interviewed not only my sales managers, my GMs, I interviewed my top salespeople in all of my stores. What will make your life easier? What will help you sell more cars? You have to talk to your team. You guys, it is not about the next shiny product. It is people and process. Whether it was a Rolodex or an index card thing, it does not matter. That was people and process. And the same, people, man, the same people that weren't... That's leadership. The, the same people that aren't sending out manual emails and that aren't taking the time to review their previous customers are the same ones that are weren't writing the letters absolutely the which True. is why instead now we spend how much per person for Look. them to sit around and do jack it might oh, have been their ki- it might have been their kids a thousand stamps every single week were a age. ton of fun you didn't stamp it if they didn't write the letter okay <laughs> it doesn't you know what if you're a sales manager and you're not monitoring that and you're not helping to make sure that the wheels are moving in your store that's not your salesperson's fault that's your fault My do your job you don't care about your people enough to do boom that. All right, we have we have a couple minutes left here because we have to stay on a, a schedule. Boom. Because um, I know there's oh, yes. things that are coming. We can so do this all day. I'm gonna, yeah, absolutely. And we have. And by the way, guys are listening. We have another uh, panel uh, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow at two thirty. It's going to be eliminating the box. We have. Uh, 
Uh, several people are going to be talking and discussing like this uh, on um, eliminating or the possibility and thought of eliminating the finance department. We even have somebody on that says one price, one person. And uh, then we have some that disagree with that. Um, and, um, and then on Thursday Thursday's morning. Late. But I'm going to start with you, Mike, and go around the mat and give you guys a couple of minutes here just to, just to you know, tell these folks, just um, bait, tie this all together. <laughs> well, you know. My big thing is, is from a salesperson is, you know, the whole goal is what I just mentioned a minute ago is, you know, we all have one goal in mind and that's to make profit for our dealership and for our owner who signs the front of our check um, that's worked hard to sign the front of that check and not sign the back of it um, is, is what's who we're working for every day. And the most important person besides him would be the very first person that's important is our customers. And, and I think there's a, I think with social media and everything else that I do, I mean, we need to change our industry to make it easier for the customers and then our vendors will should make it easier as well on that flip side. And um, one thing I'm doing to try to change the the aspect of our, our dealership cultures and, and hopefully some vendors will listen as well because the vendors are salesmen just as much as I'm a salesman um, mm-hmm. to a dealership, to a consumer, so on and so forth. But uh, um, Matt's, actually Matt's hosting it and I'm, I'm uh, what, do you, what do you call it, the lead? The, the, yeah. Um, oh, the keynote speaker. Keynote, yeah, keynote speaker. Um, and uh, I've got Does my own website set up. Shredder? Yeah, uh, rockstarsalesman.com. That's where you can sign up, and uh, it's forty nine bucks in person or in virtual, and it's four ninety nine uh, in person. Which the four ninety nine is worth it one hundred percent because um, if you sign up through my website, rockstarsalesman.com, if you don't get value out of it, shameless If plug. you don't get value out of it, I'll write you a check back for it. That's good. So, and that's the one thing that how you're going to change this industry is by having people out there who are willing to go the extra mile. Like what you mentioned huh? is is go the extra mile. If they're at a 30 car month or a 35 car month, what can I do to get to 40 car month? What uh-huh. can I do to get to 50 car month? And that's what I'm that's what I'm doing every day is how can I how can I do better? I'm sitting here for four days out of the office for four days. Okay, I got to go back to Friday. What can I do to have my day filled up on Friday? So I think what Mike just said is if you want to clone Mike, you might want to tune in. Go to rockstarsalesman.com. <laughs> You know, here's what it all comes down to with me, Villa, and this is something I always say, and that is at the dealership level, vendor level, whatever it is, the end game is, is you've got to be there to serve people. You know, I, whatever. I, I might be a little bit brash in how I speak sometimes on no. occasion, but at the end of the day, here's the deal. Every single person that I interact with and work with, my end game is to make sure their life is better. So if you're another vendor and you want to ask questions, I want to make sure you can go out there and kick ass and serve people well. If you're selling cars and you want to get a little bit better, I'm going to point you to people. If there are people like Mike who are still selling every day or Jennifer who's running an internet department or Joe Webb, I want to aim people there too. I think we, I, you know, I bust in the CRM, we use ours, we actually care about it. But I think at the end of the day, the most important thing that everybody's got to get back to is making this a people business. That doesn't mean throw your technology away. It just means you've got to give a shit. That's all. So we just got to get back to caring about people. And then everything will just fall into place if you genuinely care. Yeah, I think I actually um, had maybe said that the last time I was here with you guys. If no, I said it, you just copy no, 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 uh, I, I don't copy you. Um, so what I said was the uh, best advice to a salesperson was if you want to increase your paycheck, you want to sell more cars, stop thinking about you and start thinking about the customer. So it is a great point. But I think to wrap it up here, we need to take responsibility as managers in a dealership. We need to take control of this. It's our money. It's our investment. Why are we leaving it up to somebody who stops by once a month 
to tell us how it's going or what it's doing. Take control, but take the time to make sure the tools you invest in are actually working for your store. Why burn up that money? Get what fits for your people, your process, and your culture. So, and uh, thank you, by the way, for having us on. Uh, I think there's been a great, fun discussion. Uh, all I would say is continually educate yourself. You should not, as Jennifer just said, she hit it on the head, you should not be educated by a vendor trying to sell you something. You should, I give credit to everybody who took the time out of their work schedule to come to Orlando on a cold Orlando week <laughs> and, uh, and educate themselves in the sessions, meet with vendors, listening to Auto Dealer Live and podcasts, reading and absorbing as much content as, as you can so you are not overly sold, so you are the educated one Absolutely. in the room. That is how you're going to be able to serve your customers better is if you're smart enough to make sure you're delivering the right experience for them, you're delivering the right tools for your people, then you've done your job well and all you can focus truly on is how well you can do your job. That's well said. You guys are smart. All the way around the board. And, and you, you guys and gal. I'm, I'm a guy too. It's okay. I mean, not literally, but. Okay. <laughs> so now in the next episode of Auto Dealer Live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>